The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. Welcome to this episode of the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. Doing a type of life insurance can be complicated. There's term insurance and whole life insurance. Index universal life is a type of whole life insurance. It's sometimes presented by agents as a type of investment with market upside potential without downside loss. This is catchy because who would not want an investment that only has upside potential? Stick around today and I'm going to talk about indexed universal life. Today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk about a type of whole life insurance because whole life insurance, it gets a, a bad rap most of the time. And for a lot of times, good reasons. There's certainly pros and cons to having whole life insurance. And today I wanted to talk about a particular type called indexed universal life. I'm going to concentrate on the, the cons of having a indexed universal life policy, but I am going to go over the, the pros and the cons of, of having one. Because honestly, there can be scarce situations to have pretty much all the stars aligned in the universe to have some type of whole life insurance. First, let me explain exactly what indexed universal life is. I think it's important to, to understand this. To say the very least, it can be very complicated. Even the people that sell these often don't have a firm grasp of, of how they entirely work. So I'm going to provide a simple explanation here. And indexed universal life is a type of whole life insurance that has both a death benefit like life insurance and a cash accumulation similar to investing. The index part with these policies has to do with cash in the policy tied to a market index such as the S&P 500. Premiums are paid to the policy just like life insurance. Part of this premium goes to the cost of life insurance, the other portion used as investment savings. So for example, someone that has a monthly premium for an indexed universal life policy, let's say they have a $400 monthly premium, 100 of this may go into the insurance portion. The remaining 300 goes into the index as well as expenses. A cash value builds and an index policy, and it can be used to pay for the insurance premiums. This is partly how they are often communicated to a buyer. This is great as long as there's sufficient cash accumulation in a policy. Also, these policies are often sold with the explanation of being tax advantaged, and this is true. Tax laws favor insurance premiums, and it can be a good way to protect assets. Yet these policies are only good for very few people, and there are many reasons why. Where does, here's a question that comes up with these policies, is where does the upside potential come from with no downside that is often communicated when buying one of these insurance policies? The return guarantees presented with indexed universal life is true. They often have, for example, a guaranteed return of about 2% even in a down market. However, they also often have a cap at which they can gain in up market years. 
This is how they're able to offer the guarantee in a down market. Having a guaranteed return on the cash accumulation, that sounds good, right? Not really. And here are reasons universal index life is not a good choice for the majority of people. So there are some reasons to, to not buy an indexed universal life policy. And the first reason is it can be extremely expensive. The cost of the insurance in combination with administrative fees and commissions for one of these policies, they really start to add up. Depending on the premiums and the death benefit for the policy, the so-called cash accumulation may not even really begin to start until several years after the policy begins. The beginning years of the fees eat away at the premiums. If you decide you want to get out of the deal for one of these policies, there's likely going to be surrender charges. A lot of companies, you may need to have a policy for at least 10 years before there's no surrender charges. Again, there is a reason these policies have guarantees. The insurance company is going to make sure they don't lose. With surrender charges, this ensures they won't lose. The cost of the insurance portion will increase in these policies as a person gets older. Many times the seller of these policies will state when the cash grows, it can then be used to pay the premiums, which is true, but it can quickly deplete a policy depending on the cost of insurance and market performance over time. Another reason these policies are not good to buy is they're likely will not beat market returns. Now, when it comes to the market, no one has a crystal ball on how it's going to perform. Although some people may claim to have one, they, they really don't, most people. However, statistically, over a long period, the market tends to average about 7 to 9% conservatively. It could do better or worse. If there is a cap on a policy, say 8%, with the fees and expenses, this will turn out to be much less. Another reason these policies are not very good is you can take loans, but they are subject to interest. The cash accumulation is one of the selling points of an indexed universal policy. People are told they can take money out if needed. And again, this is true, but it may be subject to interest. Withdrawals will also decrease the policy death benefit. Now, another reason these policies are bad is you are like most people, and not extremely wealthy. Whole life policies in general are not designed for middle-class America. And that's something you need to keep in mind and why so many people do not like them. They favor the wealthy due to the tax advantage protections for assets, so they're not subject to estate taxes. It would not surprise me if they were specifically designed for this, but that's another story. As you can see, for most people, Index Universal Life does not sound quite as good as it's often explained from the sales side, but it is made for more affluent people. The reasons to buy one of these policies is just not a category most normal people fall into. When it comes to different types of insurance and investments, the ones that tend to, to get all the bad news, they simply probably would not exist if they weren't good for someone. So when might it make sense to buy an indexed universal life policy? There is a reason most smart financial gurus will tell people not to buy a whole life policy. The reason is the majority of people 
don't come close to even having to think about it or consider looking into it. There is really no cookie cutter math to consider a universal life policy, but being wealthy with large assets is a qualification. If you make, for example, $250,000 a year and expect to continue making this amount or increasing, an index universal life policy may be something to look into. This is, after all, other investment accounts have been maxed out that may have tax savings. Investors with really good cash flow in a high tax bracket can indeed benefit from the cash accumulation potential in a whole life policy. It would enable them to take advantage of the tax benefits at retirement. Being in a very high tax bracket at retirement, the fees and expenses in an indexed universal life policy would be the cost of saving at tax time. What do you do if you are not wealthy like most people, like I explained? And the, the first thing you should never do if you do not have a cash accumulation problem is don't buy any type of whole life insurance policy. This includes an indexed universal life policy. Don't fall for the sales tactics of buying one with the guarantees of only upside gains and no downside. There's a reason that insurance companies own just about all the tallest buildings in the world and sponsor what seems to be like every sporting event. They, they don't lose and they will always make a big profit. Their actuaries that calculate insurance probabilities may be close to having an actual crystal ball and telling the future. If you need insurance, buy term insurance. And that is what most people will tell you. Term insurance is just insurance. There is no cash value, but it is much less expensive than whole life insurance. Buy term insurance and then invest the difference. If you are looking for something tax advantage, invest the difference in something like a Roth IRA each year. There are income limits for the Roth, and you can actually take a look at those at RothIRA.com, but they are higher than the average income for most people. The great thing about term insurance is not only the affordability, but there are no surrender charges. It could be canceled when you want to do so. Also, there are no startup costs. Unlike whole life insurance, where the death benefit grows with the cash accumulation, the amount of insurance purchased is the amount you have for the term. If the difference is invested in something like a Roth IRA, you can take out the original contributions at any time, tax and penalty free. You can't take the earnings unless you're 59 and a half and the account is five years old, but this is okay if it isn't. Everyone has the possibility of running into a jam, so to speak. This, is at this at least allows access to some of the money without interest or penalties compared to a whole life policy. Indexed universal life policies are not something the majority of people need. And this holds true for whole life insurance policies in general. Buying term insurance and investing the difference is a better alternative for both insurance and saving money. Hopefully this information will help to better understand an indexed universal life policy. As I previously mentioned, they can be complicated and often they are sold to unsuspecting buyers with statements of only upside earning potential with no downside. Also, they are tax advantage. These statements may be true, but keep in mind whole life policies were built for wealthy people. At least this is, is my opinion. If 
If you are ever considering an indexed universal life policy or any whole life policy, make sure to seek financial professional advice. Don't just do this one time. Get some different opinions on it and at least three of them. Having an indexed universal life policy can be beneficial in the right circumstance, but it is important to max out all other alternatives first. Getting debt-free and building wealth may just put a person in that rare circumstance to possibly consider whole life insurance. This would then be a good problem to have, but it should not be a problem even considering one of these policies for most people. Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com. If you have questions or comments about this podcast, I'd love to hear from any listeners. You can email me at eric at smartstartmoney.com. Join me on the next podcast episode as I cover there seems to be no service in customer service any longer. I recently had a terrible experience with a big box home improvement store and also a local plumbing company. And in addition to the air conditioning company I used a few years ago, with the decline in customer service experiences I recently had, I wanted to do some research on this issue a little further and see if businesses really care about their customers like they once did. Join me on the next podcast episode, and I'm going to cover how there is no service in customer service.